We know Jordan's grandpa, Ron. We know his father, Bruce, who pastors in our city. And I think, if I'm right, Jordan, you'll be celebrating 10 years in Malawi. 15 last. Ay, 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 time goes by. And uh, so he's doing a great job there, and he's going to come and share with us a little bit about Malawi. You'll see in the foyer, he's got some things that uh, some of their students have, are making and have made to support the ministry there. And also, he has his own machine back there, so if you want to purchase any of that, if you want to donate to their ministry, I just encourage you to do so and uh, bless them today. Will you welcome Jordan as he comes and share with us this morning? Oh, the kids, I guess, are going to Sunday school. I think they've left. Good morning. Great to be here with you again this morning. Um, There we go. I'm excited. Um, I've got a friend with me this morning, but uh, not just a friend. This is, um, how do we put it? Since, since he's one of my kids, it's almost like saying he's my son, not my biological son, but I've got 358 kids. And Peter, I'm very proud of, and he'll share his story a little bit later, but he is going into university this coming February study to study biomedical engineering. So God, is, God has uh, done a wonderful work there. I'll let him share a little bit more about that later. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up and I think... Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am, I, am I really where I'm supposed to be? Maybe, maybe I just had these grandiose ideas and uh, what, what, oh, this is too big for me. Does anybody else ever feel that way? Well, this I know, starting in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Father, thank you. Lord, that when you adopt us into your family, your anointing goes on us right away. It's not just on the pastors or the apostles or the prophets, but your anointing is on each one of your people to proclaim the good news. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us, you don't abandon us, but you stick closer than a brother. Your faithfulness, Father, reaches past the heavens, and we love you. I pray, God, this morning that as I, as I share what's on my heart, that it would mean something to those that are here, that it would, not, it would not return void. But, God, that we would be, each and every one of us, including myself, that soft and rich soil for the seed of your word this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm going to warn you a little bit. I am excited about this message. I am. I really am. I'm excited, and I hope that I can communicate to you why I'm excited about this. My message is quite simple, and it's this. I am not forgotten. You are not forgotten, and I am not forgotten. Amen, we're dismissed. (laughs) You know, it's really easy to get caught up 
in doing for God whatever we do. It's really easy to get, to get so caught up in that and we forget why we are doing it. We forget who we are doing it for. And we find ourselves working on our own strength. Anybody, anybody understand that? Yeah? We stop allowing God's joy to be our strength. And we, we think, if I get enough sleep tonight, if I, if I eat right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I can, I can make it through today. I might be a little bit sick, but yeah, I can, I can. We forget that God's joy is our strength. Not just strengthen our soul, but it's strengthen our body. We can work ourselves to the point where we get so tired that we let our armor down. We take off our helmets and we allow the enemy to speak directly to our minds and to our hearts. We begin to think and believe such things as, God has forgotten me. Or maybe my part in the kingdom is done now. Or God changed his mind about me and maybe has moved on to somebody else that can do it better. We tend to forget that joy that we first had when we realized that our sins were forgiven. We forget those joy that we had when we realized we are not alone, that we have a loving and compassionate Savior. We forget he didn't promise that life would be easy. Does anybody ever think, did you read that anywhere, that Jesus said life would be easy? If you did, I want your Bible. (laughs) No, he didn't promise that. We get confused and we think his burden is light and his yoke is easy, so I must be doing this the wrong way. But he wasn't referring to work. He wasn't referring to work. He was referring to his teaching. His teaching is this. Love God, love people. That's a pretty easy burden to carry. Can you agree with that this morning? Love each other. Love God, love each other. Really simple. We end up working ourselves into a state because we think the work is so hard that we don't live for the joy of waking up and walking with God in the morning because we think we are forgotten. We begin believing that God is no longer answering our prayers if he's even hearing them. That we must have done something so bad along the way that he has abandoned us along the path. So am I speaking only to myself or does any, can anybody else relate with anything I've said so far? Amen. Anybody else? There are two people, three, four, five. There we go. I see those hands. All right. So I'm, I'm not preaching just to the choir this morning. So first of all, let's establish one thing. Right off the bat, one of the fundamental beliefs in our faith is that God's word, the Bible, it's true. It's perfect. It's unwavering. It's inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So, if that's the case then all of the following that I'm going to say is true. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Can you believe that? God is not a, will not go personally ahead of people he has forgotten. 
if you have if you have forgotten someone, if you have if you if for unlike my parents who forgot a kid at church, if you <laughs> if you you won't forget your kids. You are not gonna when you're going through a scary place, a dark place. You're gonna hang on to your kids. You're not gonna put your kid in front of you, right? When you're when you're gonna go crossing a crazy highway, you're not going to put your kid out in front of the cars and say, okay, go. You're going to have them right here. You're going to go ahead of them. Yeah? Amen. All right. God does not personally go ahead of people he has forgotten. He cannot be unfailing or stay close to someone he has forgotten. No matter what the situation that we are facing, we don't need to fear because God is with us. So, let me explain to you why that is so amazing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Science will tell you the universe came out of a big bang. You know what? That's entirely possible. But where did that big bang come from? I'm, I'm feeding back. I'll give a step back here. Where did that bang come from? Where did all that energy and matter that exploded into being come from? It wasn't always there. God was there. God was there. That force that was behind the expansion of the universe, that was God. And he spoke. And from his voice, there came light. From his voice, there came stars. From his voice, there came galaxies. From his voice, there became planets and moons and mountains, and oceans, and rivers, and lakes. And it was his voice that spoke to the water and said, bring forth life. It was his voice that spoke to this earth and said, bring forth life. And it was God who formed us from dust and breathed into us his own spirit, his own life, his own breath. And it's from that we became living. God doesn't forget that. Inside each and every one of us is a piece of God. His very essence has been breathed into us. He does not forget himself and he does not forget us. That's pretty incredible. God who knew when he created us that we would be disobedient. We had one rule. One. One don't. Just one don't. Don't eat that. Can you imagine with, the, with all of creation to eat from, we had one rule. Don't eat from that tree. And we messed it up. And in messing that up, we brought a curse not only on ourselves, but on creation as a whole. Because we were created at the pinnacle of that creation. All of, all of the earth, all the animals, everything is groaning because we have brought a curse. But God who spoke that universe into being, who had the power just to go and wipe it out. Who had the power to squeeze us out of existence. Didn't. And before making us, he knew we would mess up. And yet, he still made a way that we could be reconciled. 
He chose, he chose not to forget us. In knowing what we would do, he chose not to forget us. That, I find that pretty awesome. I don't know, but sometimes there's people that come into our lives that do things to us and we really just want to forget they were ever in our life. Does can, anybody ever felt that way? That's us and God. We sinned against God so badly, he could have chosen to forget us. But he came up with a plan for us to be reconciled. To remember us. I know God has not forgotten me because Isaiah 49, 14 to 16 says, Yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls and ruins. Now, I'm a musical person. I'm an artistic person. I interpret my whole world through music, through picture. When I, when I want to communicate emotion, I often do it through my music. That's, that's how, I, how I interpret this whole thing. And I, I see things, and I'm not really good at expressing it with words, but I'm going to do my best right now. I've written your name in the palms of my hands. This is from the Old Testament. It's from the Old Testament. Jesus, on the cross, nailed right there. Now, some say it went through his hands, some say it went through his wrist. I don't really care on the positioning of that right now. What I know is that that nail that pierced, that nail that pierced him, that's my name. Forever engraven on his hands. My sin, my shame, my fear, my doubt. It's there. It went, it went through there. That is what engraved my name on his hands. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to see my name written. I believe that. You'll see your name written there. I'm going to see my name written there. It's permanent. How can you forget someone whose name you've written there. It's not like he took a ballpoint. In high school, we'd write with ballpoint pen in our hand, either a phone number or whatever. And then you'd wash your hand off, and you're like, ah, where did it go? Jesus can't do that. He can't wash our name from his hands. That hole is not going away. It's there. And we now have someone who stands before the Father pleading on our behalf because our name is there as a constant reminder. I'm not forgotten. I know that I know that I know in my darkest times according to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. A God who has forgotten me will not ensure these things. 
A God that has abandoned me will not ensure that I am not driven to despair. He will not bring me to the point where even my soul gives up. The God who remembers me ensures that when my enemies surround me, he is there on every side fighting on my behalf. And I can stand up and say, the Lord has won my battles. He has lifted my life. There's an old song. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. Has anybody ever walked in clay before? Yeah? I've, if it's just shallow, it's like oil on a road and you slide along. But when it's deep, your feet get sucked down into it and they don't come out very easily. You, you almost fall flat on your face because it's like somebody standing there holding on to your ankles while you're trying to walk. God has lifted me out of that trap I couldn't get myself out of and set my feet on solid ground. He's purchased my life on the cross and now I'm an heir with Christ. I am family I am not forgotten. You know, Romans 8 tells me you have not received a spirit that leaves you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. I want to explain why Paul chose this, why he chose to explain it like this, why we have been adopted, why God has given us the spirit of adoption. In Roman culture, an adopted child, an adopted son or daughter, whoever it was, an adopted child had more standing in the family than a biological kid did. So much more so that fathers would often adopt their own biological children. See, a biological kid could be disinherited, could be kicked out of the family, but an adopted child could not be. Under Roman law, a father who was so mad at his kid could say, you're out. And that child's inheritance was taken away. When the father died, nothing would go to that kid. He had no legal claim on anything that was the father's. But an adopted son, under Roman law, could not be disowned. An adopted son could be not be told, you're not part of this family. No matter what an adopted son did, that inheritance could not be taken away. I've seen it where families, after somebody dies, fight over what's remaining. And no matter what the will says, somebody is going to contest the will. Under Roman law, nobody could contest what was going to that adopted child. So God says, through Paul, you have been adopted. God has adopted you into his own family. You cannot be separated from the Father. You cannot be separated from the Father. That inheritance that is yours, 
that home that Christ has gone to prepare for you? Your heirs. That's pretty incredible. Adopted. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. God has a future for me and a plan for my life. I know this because in Jeremiah 29.11, I read, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. People who have no hope, where do they end up? Does somebody who has no hope or no plans go out and make investments in their future? What is the point of spending your money on an investment if you don't think you're going to be around to enjoy it? But God has invested in each and every one of our lives. I've seen it Time and time again, you go, you go somewhere, the pass rate for a Malawian student in high school, the pass rate, I think is only about 50%. But that's for those that actually made it to the end of high school, because the dropout rate is closer to 60%. Higher for girls. Most girls, when they get to high school, they don't make it to the end because they don't think that they have any future after high school other than to get pregnant and have babies. That's it. I've seen girls... I had, I had to intervene in a situation. as a young girl of 13 years old, and she was her uncle was selling her to a South African man so that the family would be able to eat for the year. Selling her. She was going to be taken to be his bride and taken to South Africa. And we got wind of it. And we went in and with the police and the uncle was arrested and the South African man took off. If you, ladies, if you're sitting here, if you knew as a teenager, that you were going to be sold just to pay for something for your family. You wouldn't get to choose anything. You wouldn't get to choose your job. You wouldn't get to choose where you were going to live. But you were going to be sold off to be somebody's property. Where would that leave you? Would you have finished high school? Would you have bothered to even finish high school? As a result, the majority of Malawian women never finished high school. As a result, all of the ladies today that I employ can't even read. They dropped out during primary school. They ended up missing most of the classes because every 28 days, they would miss a week of of class. You have no idea how privileged you are to read right now. So, if you don't think 
If you, have, if you can't look forward and say, I can be successful, where does your life go? I'm actually really excited because this year, uh, she'll be graduating in July. One of, we've, we've already had one girl graduate, but this one has worked so hard, she's most likely going to be graduating with honors. She's been top of her class. Fantastic young lady. I'm excited for that. One of the young ladies that graduated last year, she didn't have enough marks to get into university. And it kind of it crushed her. But we helped her open up a business and she's now standing on her own. She can read. She can do business. In fact, she's done better than the boys. I don't know how she managed to do it, but she did. She took a loan to, do, um, to sell rice and beans. And she realized it was more difficult than she thought it would be. So she sold off all the product that she had took her money to town and bought washing soap, laundry soap. And she brought it back to the village and she divided it up into little packets because everybody needs to wash their clothes. And within two months, she made triple what the boys had made in their businesses. That is incredible. She started a family now. She's, she's got her fiancé. They're going to be getting married this year, she told me. She's got a kid on the way. They do it kind of differently. Once you're engaged in Malawi, that's it. Most people can't afford weddings. But she's standing on her own, and she's going to be able to support her child. And I'm excited because she's not just hopeless. When, we get back, when I get back, she's going to business school to learn to better handle her finances, which means she'll probably make 10 times as much as the boys will. God has plans for our lives. And to complete them, he will do some pretty amazing things. He will bring someone from the far corners of the globe to make sure that plan is accomplished in our life. And I want to introduce you to Peter. Peter, can you come on up here? There's a microphone there. Peter has a pretty incredible story. And... So I'm going to ask you first. Peter, if I hadn't come to Africa, do you think you would have been in school? Yeah. Would, you have, would you have gone to school if I had not come? No. No. Yeah. So I'm excited because I get to be a part of God's plan for Peter's life. Peter, when did your father die? 1997. 1997. When did your mother die? 2004. 2004. And bring it right up there. Yeah. How old were you in 2004? Nine years. Nine years old. And when your, when your mother died, what did that make you? Okay, uh, after the death of my mother, uh, I used to stay with my young sister and the two children of my brothers. By then, my brother was in jail. So for one year, I used to stay with my young relatives. But... What were your responsibilities? Okay, it was like I was going in, in other people's farms to do like some jobs for, for us to get food. So at nine years old, you were responsible to work and get food for your siblings? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened? Okay, after that, in 2005, uh, 
the, the, the two children of my brothers, their mother came from another country to took them. And I and my young sister, uh, our aunt came from another district and take us to stay with her in her home. So you stayed with your sister? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. All right. And then when you were 12 years old, what happened? Okay. When I was 12 years old, uh, after staying with my aunt for one year, I, I moved away from her home because she was like failing to take care of us because of she had she had many children, so the coming of us it was like another burden to her. So I just decided to move away from her house and look for a job in other people's houses. So you were twelve years old looking for work. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to go to school? No, by then I dropped out from school. Dropped out of school at 12 years old? Yeah. Okay. And when did you go back to school? Okay, I, I used to, to work as a houseboy for three years, from 2007 to 2010. What then does that mean? What's a houseboy? It was like cooking, washing, and like sweeping on the kampong. Okay. Yeah. So you were a servant in somebody's home? Yeah. At 12 years old? Yeah. For how long? For three years. For three years. Okay, continue. Okay. In 2010, uh, after working, uh, when I was working in those people's houses, that uh, the be- at the beginning we were agreeing that uh, at the end of the month they are going to give me money. But the, the, the one, one thing that disappointed me was like at, at the end of the month when I asked about my switch or salary, they were telling me that my wage or salary, the food I was sitting. So, so you received no money for all the yeah, work you did. Yeah. They so, said the food that you ate was your salary. Yeah. Okay. Then in 2010, that's when I met a certain woman. And she told me that I'm going to live to stay with her in her home. But not as a houseboy, no. But as her own son. Okay. Yeah. And she told me also that she's going to try her best to register me at the Kids World. What's Kids World? By then, I, I had internet. You didn't have any idea? Yeah. Can you explain now what is Kids World? Okay, Kids World is an organization who is responsible for taking care of the orphans in Malawi. Okay. Yeah. Do we take you out of homes and put you in a dormitory? No. No. Where do you stay? In, in our homes. But what do we provide? Okay. In the morning, we'd like, we go for breakfast and... Uh, lunch afternoon and it provides clothes, medical care and everything that a human being needs. What about education? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when did so you dropped out of school at twelve, when did you go back to school? In twenty ten uh, after joining kids world that's when I started again my school. How old uh, were you? Fifteen. Fifteen years. Yeah. Okay. And you went back to what level? It, I went back to school. Uh, by then, it was, I went back in standard seven. I was in standard seven. Standard seven. Yeah. So it's grade, grade seven. We just say standard seven. Okay. Yeah, in standard seven. By the time I started again, standard seven, it was term one. So I find my friends already about to stay for examination. So it was like, I had no notes maybe to, to study. And like, I, I was just drawing some notes and reading. At that time, that time, time one, I was in position 13. 13? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so you were 13th in class rank. Your rank was 13. Yeah. Okay. That's first term. Second term, I tried my best and I was in position one. Uh, the same was the third term. Then I chose standard eight. Term one, I was in position one. Term two, position two. And during the third term, in Malawi, standard eight, in third term, we sit for national exams. Then I was selected to start my high school, one of the prestige. Yeah. So Peter was selected uh, to study at St. Patrick's Boys? Or yeah, I can never remember. St. Patrick's Boys School. And it's one of the top high schools in Malawi. They only take the best of the best. Highly competitive. Highly. What time did, when you were in high school, what time did you have to get up in the morning? Four o'clock. Four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You had to get up and study at four o'clock before going to school. What time did you go to bed? Around maybe past one. Maybe past one. He only slept like three hours a night through high school. I don't know how they do that, but Peter finished, when you finished Form 4, what were your results? My results was, uh, in my school, I was in position 5, but the, the, the whole country, I was in position 6. In the whole of Malawi, position 6. He graduated high school with five distinctions. Five distinctions. And now, you've been, ex- Yeah. Having had to get his first job at the age of nine to look after his siblings, dropping out of school at 12, going back to school at 15, graduated with five distinctions when he was 21 years old. Peter, what school are you going to in February? Mm, Polytechnic. I'm going to study biomedical engineering. University of Malawi Polytechnic? Yeah. Biomedical engineering. Does anybody know what biomedical engineering is? Biomedical engineering, um, they deal with doing anything from fixing x-ray and scanning machines to developing artificial limbs, heart valves, all that technology that keeps people alive or enables people to have a better life. That's what Peter will be studying. I cannot do that. I don't know how many of you here are quite capable of being biomedical engineers, but here's a kid right out of the bush, 70 kilometers outside of town, who, for all intents and purposes, the enemy kicked down and left to be destroyed. But Peter, God has not forgotten you, amen? Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, feel free to ask him any questions after the service. He'd be happy to to talk to you more. I've got 357 kids, well, more kids, 358 with Peter, 357 more, just like Peter. They're not all as smart as Peter. He's pretty amazing. But each one of them has a story similar where the world had kicked them down, the circumstances, whether it was the death of their parents or whatever, led them to a point where it looked like they were abandoned. But they all can tell you that God did not forget them. 
I think that's pretty amazing. The creator of the heavens and the earth would be mindful of some kids in the bush in the poorest nation in the world. And it is the poorest nation two years running. Malawi is one-third the size of Alberta. With, they estimate by the end of this year there will be 17 and a half million people. Just think about that for a moment. It's a lot. It's really crowded. Yet with that entire workforce, they are the poorest nation on the world. 2015, our food was wiped out by flood. We had to import food just to survive. In 2016, all our crops were wiped out by drought. Prior to that, for many years, there was food shortages in Malawi. This is the first year in almost a decade that there is enough food in the country to feed the people. But because of life circumstances, to buy that food is difficult. But this church here, you guys have sponsored, you have prayed for us, you've sent money to us. And because of you, kids like Peter, well, he's not a kid anymore, but 358 children in Malawi can stand and say, I am not forgotten. They don't go to bed with empty stomachs. They don't go to school with empty stomachs. And they're fulfilling the dreams that God has put on their lives. So I want to say to you, thank you very much. May God bless you. Thank you, Jordan. And Peter, thank you. God bless you both. Um, that's over one child per day in the year. And uh, or almost one child per day in the year. And so we're grateful for the little bit that we've been able to and you've been able to send their way. And many of you have, I shouldn't say many because I don't know how many, but some of you have uh, given and contributed so that we could... Um, uh, forward on support to what's going on there and uh, by all means uh, talk to Jordan afterwards if you want to get on a a monthly support whether it be through the church or direct to um, their organization is fine um, and uh, personally I don't believe we can ever go wrong in giving to missions I know we have our own needs and we can all read the bulletin we can see uh, where things are at. But there's something about hearing a story of a changed life. And um, maybe some of you want to talk to Jordan about going over there sometime and uh, uh, partnering and being involved in some kind of missions work. Um, I don't know exactly what all they do and what they can offer, but uh, talk to Jordan. And uh, I know there's um, things that you can do. So as we expand our missions giving um, to different organizations and different ministries, um, I just want to say, Jordan, God bless you. Um, now, Jordan is unmarried. You have a girlfriend? No? Do you want one? Oh. Um, just thought I'd pass the word. You know, 
Jordan um, went to Bible College here in Calgary, extension of Vanguard School. And uh, God just laid on his heart after his first trip over there that this was where he was going to spend his life. And uh, so we just bless you, Jordan and Peter and all of your flock. Uh, now, their organization, they don't house people per se, but they feed them, clothe them. And you'll see some of the things that some of the students are making in order to support themselves as students and for some of it to go to the ministry of Kids World Malawi. So I encourage you to take a look. I know the last time I wasn't here, but many of you uh, purchased some of the material and stuff, and so it, it's to a great cause. So, um, But let's remember the message here this morning. Just as the young people in Malawi are not forgotten, neither are you. The circumstance and situation you go through is just perhaps as challenging for you in our culture as what they go through in their culture. God has not forgotten you and I either. Regardless of what the enemy comes to try to feed into our mind, I want us to take that message, you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. And just this morning, I just want to pray for you. I'm wondering, um, is anybody... You don't have to necessarily tell us what it is, but you have a, a, a special request or need. You want to include it in this final prayer. Just raise your hand, and we want to include you. And God knows your need. Thank you. God knows your circumstance and situation, yes. In fact, I heard a testimony just prior to the service that Arturo shared with me. A childhood friend of his that he's known since grade one or whatever um, in Venezuela. They're going through tremendous upheaval in Venezuela have been for years. And uh, so this friend of his, now he's 55 years old, was uh, attending one of these demonstrations in Venezuela when he had a physical problem. He was taken to the hospital with a heart attack, and while he was at the hospital, two or three more heart attacks. In fact, the doctor said he was brain dead, his heart wasn't functioning. Basically, he was gone. So they made the decision to unplug him from the life support systems. And low to everybody's amazement as people were praying and Arturo and family and many others, in fact, around the world, friends who knew of it, he began to move and um, came back to life. God is doing some amazing things and yours may not be that desperate that he wasn't forgotten. But whatever it is, I want to pray you're not forgotten. Father, I thank you today for this ministry in Malawi. I thank you for Jordan and Peter and the many others they represent. Father, we just pray that you will abundantly bless and provide for them in their ministry. And Lord, even as we think about them and they're so far away, yet God, distance is nothing. It's nothing to you. For you are omnipresent. You're everywhere. And we thank you for that. And in our situations here and the ones that have raised their hand in their circumstance and situation, may the message remind each one of us this morning, we're not forgotten. That, Lord, we are on your mind. And you have tremendous thoughts towards us. And you're making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. And you know the circumstances that we face even now. And you're aware of them and you've not forgotten. Father, we just speak blessing into each one of these people's lives, in their families. 
Lord, everything that is about them and their home and their business, whatever it is, Father, will you bless and will you remind us today by your Holy Spirit that we're not forgotten and may circumstances be turned around because of the power of God and our faith and belief in you. So, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you so much. And, friends, I just say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, amen. God bless you. Jordan and Peter are going to be at the back of their table. You're more than welcome to chat with them, ask some questions. And God bless you. Have an awesome rest of this uh, Victoria Day weekend. God bless.